Harrison Price for Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. Coming to you from the Go-Go Sports Studio. Built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. A fantastic place to stay and see the city. Matt Sikers alongside Blake Price, Grace Asset and Switches conducting things. And this show, presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. Applewood Auto Group, proud to be a leader in community giving. Applewood's mission is to make things better for our communities and the people we work with every day, whether providing resources for education kids or sponsoring local events. Applewood Auto Group stands behind its mission of creating lasting change in our community. Get the best-in-class experience that only the Applewood Auto Group can deliver because, Blake Price, it's all good at Applewood. But we're going to be out there today looking forward to that. The Performance Center in Langley, then in Richmond. Today's Bodog poll question. We sort of talked around the edges of this yesterday. Who needs a stronger season? Nils Hoaglander, Vasily Podkolson. You can vote at Sikharsen Price on Twitter. Bodog your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog line of the day for me, I've been doing some uh, NFL reading. I've picked up my NFL reading, as I normally do in July. You know, go to the beach, just bring an NFL magazine, and just read on through it. Mm-hmm. The AFC South, which has probably been the biggest weak sister dog's breakfast division of the law. I thought right? I got relegated. Honestly. <laughs> you know, Indianapolis to the Colts, CFL you go. Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, not exactly the strongest brands in the NFL Honestly, now, are they? Yeah. Yeah, never mind the quality of football. They're just not good brands no, either. They're not markets people really care no. about all that much. No. So Jacksonville's the overwhelming favorite. And look, if Trevor Lawrence and that Jaguars team takes the next step forward this year, I could see that. But I could also see chaos in that division. I'm going to take a big swing here. Believe in C.J. Stroud, the second overall pick, the quarterback, and the new regime in Houston. Because the Texans are plus 750 to win that division. $100 pays you 750 if the Texans, say, go 9-8 and eight, or even 8-9. and nine. Mm. And emerge as the tallest of the short poppies mm-hmm. <laughs> on your Bodog line of the day. Yeah, good luck in that. Now you're going to have to pay attention to the FC South, though, if you if you make that bet. Well, <laughs> it doesn't mean I have to watch all the games. No, that's like. true. That's just a result-oriented. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just I'll means take, I have to hold a ticket till January. I'll take the Colts and Anthony Richardson instead. Oh, Wow. Just to be the contrarian he, to your he, take. He couldn't win games at Florida. Like he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't beat SEC defenses from the pocket. Now, now he's got to do it against real <laughs> NFL teams. It's a great story of Bill Parcells, the old New York Giants coach. They took a first round tackle out of Michigan. And his first game was against the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles come out, they're in their all greens. And Parcell saddles up to him and goes, hey, uh, Jumbo, just so you're not confused, that ain't Michigan State down there, son. That's the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. We're going to need you to be a little better. Uh, answer me the poll, Blake. Hoaglander, Pods, who needs the stronger season? Um, I think Hoaglander. Uh, he's got the two-year deal. There's an element of security there for him, but he doesn't mean the second year has to be with the Vancouver Canucks. 
Um, it also means the expectations are a little higher, right? Now you're yeah. making a million one. Yeah. So if you don't fulfill those expectations, are you a part of another organization at the trade deadline or next summer? So, um, Especially with the waiver eligibility in two games. I, people are going to give Vasily Podkolz on all sorts of time. Yep. Um, yeah, so top it's 10 picks so far. get all sorts of time. Yeah. So and, and just he has a more spectacular toolbox as well. So um not sure I'd use the word spectacular, but I hear what you're saying. In today's summer, or sorry, in, in this year's summer, like with size being such a big thing, mm-hmm. people are going to love to give Pod Colson a second chance. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Oglet. Especially yeah. as the top 10 pick, right? Like That's when you're it. picked that high, yeah. the expectation, then you see the guys like Boldy yeah. picked around them already thriving. Top 10 picks have to prove they can't play. Mm-hmm. They'll get chance after chance. He's six months younger. And a regarded hockey IQ. And, and frankly, I don't think he needs to be the same level of scorer as Hoagland. Like, Hoaglander, I think, has to chip in offensively because he's not a particularly good defensive player. Yeah. And I'm not sure he'll ever be a particularly good offensive player. But I think know, Boston talking, scored 20 goals, though. I think oh, tw- yeah. I think no, if, I think both of them could. But he's I think a, both of them Pod Colson is, is having a very good mm-hmm. season if he's 20 and 20. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like a forty point season on a Pod Colson mm-hmm. is spectacular, I think. And, and talk it mentioned on the Vancast that Hoaglander, it's it's about when he touches the puck, that first decision. Puck management. And then of course all the uh his favorite things, wall work and board battles and things and he like that. He can do all that. For yes. Sure. Yeah. Um if they don't perform, mm-hmm. they will find themselves in Abbotsford who have released a regular season. Home opener, ah. October the 20th. Against? Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, season opener on the road, uh, October the 13th and the 14th um, against Laval, because that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> Laval Rocket. So well, they go play Laval twice yeah, there? Yeah, they go play Laval okay. twice well, and then come on back. Yeah. yeah. 20 games against Canadian opponents this year. Moose. Ah. Laval, Calgary. So that's kind of interesting. More on Canadian versus Canadian games in today's welcome match. Mm. And of course, Calgary, the team that eliminated them that's last right. year that's from right. the Calder Cup playoffs. All right. Yesterday's Bodog poll question Will the Canucks be able to trade a winger before training camp? Thousand votes on this. Yes or no? What won the poll? Mm. Yes, won the poll. They'll be optimistic. Mm, yep. No, won the poll. Really? No, won the poll. Pessimism reigning. Okay. Percentage? Um, can't be that big. 58. 55. Mm-hmm. Douglas, I'm saying no on the basis that finding a trading partner for either Brock or Garland that will give you not an equal return or even an okay return is very slim. And, of course, they've been trying. Mm-hmm. Sure, they eat some salary, but if the goal is playoffs, those two help more than they do for bad returns, which is fair. Colton, be able to? Yes. Be willing to? No. Hmm. I don't know about that. I think of the right deal, as we talked about, presents for a third-line center or a top-four defenseman. Now, it's hard to trade middle six wingers at market or above market value for that profile of player. But as Blake mentioned yesterday, move on out the salary and then go ahead and acquire one of those two pieces. Yes, one by the slightest of hairs on YouTube. It doesn't actually show the decimal point. It was 50-50, but the bar for yes is slightly bigger than no. Always interesting to see the the difference in mm. voting from Twitter to YouTube. 
Travis Dermott has signed in free agency with the Arizona Coyotes. And Blake, he got a one-year, two-way deal. Yeah, two-way deal. That's the key. He got a two-way deal, Travis Dermott did, despite the fact that, you know, at one point, people thought Travis Dermott could be an up-and-coming. Remember all the uh, buzz about him when he made the Leafs Mm -hmm. in 2017? And he, he made the Leafs as a pretty young player, as I recall. Not even 21. 279 NHL games, just signed a two-way deal, has never played more than 64 in a season. Question, trivia, both mm-hmm, of you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unless you have his player page up in front I of you. I do him. not, no. How many games did Travis Dermott play for the Vancouver Canucks? Last year or total? Oh. Total across two seasons. Uh, I'll go 61. No. Grady? 30-ish? 18. What? Really? Wow. Really? Sorry, 28. My bad. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. He was closer. <laughs> yes. Bad math. 28. 17 in his first season. 11 this past season. See, so yeah, I, I went big because I was burned by this the other way How around. How can I not add 17 and 11? Yeah, That's well, how I stupid know. I am today. I, was bur- I went big because <laughs> I didn't guy. realize that a Hoaglander played as much as he did right. last year. So I was like... The beginning I, part of last season is very much a fog, isn't it? Oh, like... Really bad losses, blown leads everywhere, couldn't kill a penalty if their life depended on it. It was like 21 years ago, honestly. And lots of goals for <laughs> Bo Horvat before he got dealt. Nothing yeah. really spectacular stood out from his time, but that was almost the type of defenseman you kind of wanted. Well, a, a versatile defenseman who could play the left and right side, a guy who's... Got some mobility, a guy who's doesn't treat the puck as a grenade. He also I, played one game with the Abbotsford Canucks, should mention. Yeah, the, the underlying metrics were always kind to him. Right, his right. own entries. Well, he, he, in his spot, right? How like, many points he didn't ask his, too much of him. How many points oh, in his 28 games? Is I remember he Four. scored a goal. Four. Grady? I'll go under three. boy. Two goals, one assist. Oh! oh. Um, he's, uh, he's a bottom pair guy. Mm-hmm. If you don't ask too much of him, yeah, right. like just a, just a nice, safe bottom pair guy. But, um, Hey, and best, you, best availability is availability. One right. of my favorite, uh, Sikarisisms and, mm-hmm. uh, he, well, he couldn't mine, provide it. Yeah. You cheer for a guy like him too. Everything he's had happen with right. his head injuries and he's getting, he's, he'll get a great chance to oh. perform in Arizona. He'll here. have a much better chance in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I would, uh. I would suspect, although it's not like the Vancouver Canucks defense is great. I read that Harmon Dial piece on The Athletic about Carson Soucy. And, um, yeah, the same same warning there. Yeah. Great third-pair defenseman. Can he be more than that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Harmon points out that he's quite good positionally, but the hockey IQ doesn't always get him there quickly enough. And then... He is breakouts and quite sketchy with yeah, the puck retrievals. I mm-hmm. yeah, think. that the more I think about Susie and the deal they gave him, the more concerned I'm getting. I understand he's got some things that talk at once: size, length, range. a defensive posture. And he's range. got a big bomb. He but, can score, uh, but guys. This is where the cap hit but, plays into it. Like like Tyler Myers has got all these same sort of foibles, but at six million, you can't you can't handle it. At three million. You start to be able to digest 
mistake. Hey, the three million dollar well, defenseman guys. Here's a shocker: it's, it's, is gonna make some mistakes. If they no. didn't make mistakes, they wouldn't be three million dollar defensemen. No, it's just the list of things on this guy's resume, Blake. Like including the fact he takes a ton of penalties. So you can help your penalty kill when he's in the box. Well, you hope he can clean um, that part. Incidentally, up. Uh, I suspect Dermot will battle with uh, Troy from Richmond in Arizona <laughs> for well, a spot in the Troy's lineup. got a one way deal, I think, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but if you look at their him. depth chart, yep. Valimaki and Stetcher are probably going to be the third pair guys there. Maybe it's Joshua Brown, but you know those are the sorts of guys that Travis Dermott same kind of player is going to have to. Uh, Unseat, you know, unless Shea Weber comes back healthy, in which case they have that right side. Well, yeah, because he's a he's a coyote. He is a coyote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So is Jakub Voracek, Brian Little, <laughs> and Galchenyuk. I like Little. He's an underrated player. Datsuk from before. Brian Little's an underrated player. Really is. Yeah. Should go after him next summer in free agency. He, he just needs more ice time. He's coming off five three. <laughs> just needs more ice. <laughs> I don't know why they don't play him. Is there a story with former Connect Brendan Leipzig in Russia? Well, I don't we're know. not sure. We're not sure. Okay. I, I uh, There's reports out there that he's applied for a Russian citizenship. It's not exactly what? coming out of the New York Times, though. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Is it coming out of the troll farm in Moscow? Complete hockey news. I tweeted something about Russian prospects prior to the draft, and I'm quite sure... Bots the tro- were on you. The troll farm was on me. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not exactly uh, shocked if it is true, but uh, I'm also not going to go to the wall on these reports. Whitecaps home tonight against Austin FC. Blake will call the game on Apple Television, and as we've talked about, this is a big one for the Whitecaps mm-hmm. because you're sliding a little bit here in the MLS West. You're sitting on the final playoff spot. Now, you do have games in hand on people, but the road matches are The road lurking. matches beckon, and yeah. so you better take care of business at home, particularly I mean, after losing to Seattle. Now, Austin is uh, four points ahead of the Caps with a game in hand, so you win this one. Well, the Caps with a game in hand, yeah. The Caps with a game in hand. Yeah. You win this one, and that's one of the teams that you can start looking up at and going, we can catch them, we can pass them. Right. You win this one, you're a point back, you still have the game in hand. So, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, Vandy wouldn't actually say the sentence like this, mm-hmm. but it's a must win, and he knows it. Well, I was going to ask you here, not to go Dave Pratt. No, it is. I'm not because sure it's a must win, but it's a can't lose. I mean, you have to, no. at the very least, get, get a point out of today. D- d- draws don't do them any good here. They don't. They just don't. Like, you, you have to You have to win. You do. You have to win. Okay. Yeah, you have to win. You, I, I we'll think reconvene that, on this tomorrow. I then, think Price. they need to go three for three here because they got the two games before the League's Cup. They got mm-hmm. one home match coming out of League's Cup, and then the the road badness can, uh, starts. So I think they need to go three for three. Home Saturday against the LA Galaxy, and uh, we've got some contesting coming up with Vancouver Whitecaps yeah, for League's FC Cup. Yeah. that you're going to want to hear in advance of the League's Cup. Ah, Blake, another in season. Tournament. Mm-hmm. More on this. Guess who's not leading the welcome. charge on this? The National Hockey League. <laughs> but it doesn't mean they shouldn't borrow good ideas from other leagues. Now we realize Gary is not an innovator. They don't do innovation. More on that. They do league governance. Hashtags. Yeah, Gary does league governance, and yeah. that's about it. Yeah. The one time they innovated Winter Classic, 
They went ahead and immediately diluted that product because every one of the greedy 30 wanted in on that. Every governor, well, where's my outdoor game? I want a 60,000 gate. And they've rested on the laurels of that innovation. And, For 20 years. And and uh, annihilated Almost. it effectively, as you mentioned. So, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's time for the next thing here uh, coming up in in the welcome mat. Let's get to today's menu. It's brought to you by De Dutch, to breakfast, to brunch, to lunch. Get it all at De Dutch. Welcome mat coming up on an in-season tournament in the NHL. Got to have a golf report also coming up. More details on the deal between the Saudi Investment Fund and the PGA Tour. We'll talk to Jason King, former Vancouver Canuck player and, of course, assistant coach. He has secured a job on the Minnesota Wild bench where he will be running the Wild's power play, as he did for the Canucks over the last three years on a unit that finished 11th, 9th, and 11th. Did very good work. Um, You know, also a guy who I think feels a deep connection to this franchise and this community. He and his family have lived here in the summers. Of course, once upon a time, had a tour as the winger with Henrik and Danny, Mm -hmm. but a fabulous conversation where we get into JT Miller and his collaboration on the power play, who to replace Bo Horvat in that bumper spot, Elias and why he hits so many posts with that big one-timer. And it's why you think, and it's why you think. (laughs) (laughs) And also uh, engage coach on Vasily and Nils Hoaglander. And these two young wingers that need to step up. We'll do some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter from yesterday's all-star game in baseball in Seattle. There was plenty of happenings there. Sam Shaw of Victoria's Lambrick Park High School and the Victoria Eagles, the BC Premier League. A ninth-round pick of the Toronto Blue Jays, one of the highest-drafted Canadians this year. Been a Blue Jay fan all his life, and he's hoping to sign here and Soon enough, play a game in Nat Bailey Stadium for the Vancouver Canadians. Anyways, a beaming Sam Shaw victory after being drafted here this week. Let's get to the golf report today. It is brought to you by the Arnold Palmer Design Whistler Golf Club. We're going to be up there next week. Blake, can't wait. See our friend Al Chris Manson, two-sports star, former member of our national basketball team who's gone pro in golf. Guy 6'7 should not have swings that nice. Mm, not fair. We've been telling you about all the great buddy and client trips you can do up at the Whistler Golf Club, but also home of the Nike Pro Shop featuring exclusive footwear, apparel worn by Tiger, Rory, Brooks, Scotty, Nelly, and more. And, of course, the home to Palmer's Gallery Bar and Grill featuring one of Whistler's top 10 patios. For info or to book a tee time, visit whistlergolf.com. Two members of the PGA Tour executive appeared before a U.S. Senate subcommittee yesterday looking into this deal with the Saudis, the PIF. The PGA Tour COO and also executive board member Jimmy Dunn, who helped broker this deal with the Saudis. Now, the testimony was relatively benign. The chairman there is a Democrat from Connecticut, and so he had some questions aligned Along the lines of, do we want the Saudis, you know, to own American sport? Although he could not identify a law that would prevent this deal from going forward, the uh, ranking member is a Republican who dealt with it purely on business basis. But the interesting part, Blake, were the documents submitted to this subcommittee, which give you some context 
on the days and weeks prior to the announcement of this deal last month, including a presentation titled, quote, Best of Both Worlds. And here are some of the bullet points in that proposal. Remember, this is the Saudis and the PJ Tour getting to how do we make this work with both of our current entities, which I'm not necessarily sure will be the way it shakes out. No. But Tiger and Rory would each own live teams. Yeah. Tiger and Rory would play in 10 live events. Tiger may not play 10 live uh, may not play 10, 10 events more the rest of his career. No. No. Let alone 10 a year with the live folk. Yasser Al-Rumayan, he is the head of the Saudi Fund and the catalyst on the live side, would get Royal and Ancient and Augusta National memberships. They actually put that in on paper. Gosh. that Which makes it look like it's somewhat of a ploy for this guy to get status, right? With the most austere golf organizations the world over. Two elevated events to be branded under Aramco, that's the National Saudi Oil uh, Company, and or PIF flags, one of them held in Saudi Arabia. And then, and this one has some merit, live PGA, LPGA, superstar global team event, 16 team captains, live draft on TV with national and U.S. teams. That's something I could get behind. I could get behind some sort of Ryder Cup that involves the LPGA and PGA Tour players. I think it'd be fascinating. They're missing all of this, and that is that the PGA Tour fan does not want to see the Live brand ever again. Yeah. Granted, this came before the announcement. This was a proposal, best of both worlds. Right. So this is the Saudis posturing like, we have some leverage here. Here's what we would like to see as we go forward with not a merger, because they don't like using that word for uh, economic and legal reasons, but with a joint venture. Yeah. I don't know. I believe it all. The testimony from Dunn and the COO, they they did the whole cry poor thing, Blake. The question left unanswered is, were the Saudis really going to continue funding an absolute flop, like a punchline golf league yeah. for time immemorial. They, they certainly have the bankroll to do that, mm-hmm. but did they want that reputation? Yeah. Well, and, this, and the PGA Tour guys are talking out both sides of their mouth, and, and, and this is why I, I don't trust them. And, and frankly, uh, I think you know Jimmy Dunn in particular uh, has been very slippery in this whole process. On one hand, they want to say like they operated from a position of strength. And yet on the other hand, they're talking about how oh, they were just going to bleed us dry. All the legal fees, like legal fees, you got to be freaking kidding me. You know, even the highest billing lawyers in the world for years on end are not going to bleed the PGA Tour coffers dry. It was strategic mistakes from Jay Monahan with the elevated events, mm-hmm. which told tournaments like this past weekend, the Rocket Mortgage Challenge. Oh, well. We're not a more elevated event. Why would the Rocket Mortgage guy, Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, why would he continue with title sponsorship of a tournament? Yeah. So you created these elevated events. You boosted these purses to ungodly sums that now you've got to finance with sponsors who may be fewer in number because you have alienated certain sponsors with the way you've gone about 
elevating certain events over others. No, the good news is the National Hockey League is not alone in its incompetence. No, there are, no I was going to say Monaghan is giving Bettman a run here for worst commissioner. Oh, he's absolutely. Absolutely he is because uh, there's there's a worry, and I think it's a little bit overblown, but there is a worry that he may have ruined the sport to some degree. We'll hope not. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing, Neighborhood Brewing, Workshop Spirits, and very excited to announce the release of Yellow Dog's very first mix pack, Box of Tricks. Choose between the classic Play Dead IPA, the award-winning Rough West Coast IPA, and two brand new beers, Growl Extra Pale Ale and Tug of War New Zealand IPA, hitting the shelves on Tuesday, November 7th. And at the end of a busy workday, treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect, and I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here. Right now. For years, I've struggled to understand all the in-season soccer competitions in Europe. Europa League is just the B-pool for losers, right? The Cup Winners' Cup seems awfully redundant. And I defy you to tell me what the Carabao Cup is, and I bet you half of England couldn't either. But I must admit, come around on in-season cups and tournaments, and I applaud the NBA for trying one out next year. Because I think the NHL should follow suit with an in-season tournament aimed at hockey's most loyal fans. How about a Canada Cup? The seven Canadian teams playing for a Canadian championship, not too dissimilar from the Voyagers Cup Canadian championship, which Whitecaps FC has won two years running. Now, NHL seasons being as long and arduous as they are, not sure we could do separate games for the Canada Cup. That the season is so long and arduous is part of the reason I'd like something else to distract me. So let's make this as seamless as possible following the NBA model. The NBA Cup is not adding too many games. It's simply counting regular season games as tournament games in the preliminary round. Random draw will create three groups of six teams in each conference. Their games against each other in November will count in tournament standings. From there... The six group winners plus two wild cards determined by record advance to the knockout round. The last four teams standing will play semifinals and a final in Vegas. So if I have this right, it's seven extra games total. The knockout round, the semis, and the final. For my Canada Cup, a designated game between Canadian teams would count as a tournament game. So each team would play six games against Canadian foes. Three at home, three away. They all count as tournament games. The best two records square off in April for the championship. 
That means two teams would play an 83rd game. One additional game. Which wouldn't count in league standings, nor would the statistics. Look, hockey's having its problems organizing best-on-best tournaments, whether it's the league, NHLPA-owned World Cup, or the Olympic tournament. But the NHL needs to innovate. And it needs some sizzle over the long regular season and those cold winter nights. A Canada Cup would weight the Canadian seven games more heavily, give fans something else to fall, and perhaps even create something that a struggling team, I don't know, just spitballing here, say the Vancouver Canucks, could pursue in years where the Stanley Cup or even the playoffs look lost. It's welcome at for today. We invite your feedback. Feedback channel says follows on email live at Harrisonprice.com. You can text 778-402-9680 of the Great Clips text message inbox. Your local Great Clips is proudly Canadian-owned and operated. On Twitter, I'm at Sakaris, at Sakarison Price. And the welcome at a presentation of Northlands Golf Course, Metro Vancouver's premier public golf course. You can book your tee times 90 days in advance. Don't forget to join the loyalty, pro- loyalty program. Price your next round could be free. Get all the details at golfnorthlands.com. Now, what you're talking about is sort of like a Cascadia Cup kind of thing, like we see in Major League Soccer. Yeah. Except you're talking about an additional game, and, and in mm-hmm. the Cascadia Cup, there is no additional game outside. Because right. that's the beauty of, of the Cascadia Cup. It, it, the MLS has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you could even go rogue, have a Canada Cup, without any National Hockey League sort of uh, approval on the whole thing. It can be supporter-driven, as it is in, in a lot of uh, soccer circumstances. The thing I like about the Cascadia Cup is that it's division-related, it's conference-related. So as Vanny said last week, um, the Cascadia Cup means a lot to them because if you're winning the Cascadia Cup, you're suppressing the Sounders and Timbers in the playoff race. So it has a, a twofold importance, as opposed to a Canada Cup like you outlined where you know, half the teams are outside of your playoff race, so you know those games don't have a ton of importance anyway. Um, so I don't know if you if you want to make it more regional, so that those sorts of playoff implications are are dovetailed out of, out of the tournament. Um, the other thing is if you go more along the lines of what the NBA is, is thinking about, um, you can have your cake and eat it too, and you might be able to fool the players just a little bit if you reduce the regular season schedule. Because you're trying to address... You're getting very elaborate here. I did not necessarily want to get... Well, here we, go ahead. So it's it's an 82-game season now. Oh, don't worry, LeBron. We're mm-hmm. going to reduce it down to a to a 70-game season. But then you add a tournament mm-hmm. that they probably want to win because competitive juices get flowing. You and, hope. And you re-add the 12 games there. So mm-hmm. you've kind of duped them into thinking that the load management has been successful here by reducing the regular season. But overall games played, it's the same. But but they're going to feel like they won a little bit here, you know. Yeah, I I think you have to give credence to the fact that teams and players don't necessarily want to play more games, mm-hmm. so it has to be as seamless as possible. It's just you know Saturday nights, I guess now on Wednesdays as well, you get these big openings on the hockey broadcast and all Canadian affair Edmonton and Montreal. Really could be Edmonton and San Jose, Edmonton and Florida, Edmonton and Nashville, and there's not a whole lot of difference. It's bigger for the broadcasters because they exactly. only have two markets watching. <laughs> well, no, but now you can, you know, yeah. Now you can say this game holds weight beyond the two points in the regular season standings with two 
teams from separate conferences. Can we steal the Allen Cup back? Can we give the Allen uh, Cup yeah, some meaning again? I mean, again? if you wanted to reach back in Canada's illustrious history, bring back a trophy and say, this is what you're playing for, and here's how steeped it is, Yeah, sure. Fill your boots. You know the the, the guys competing for the Allen Cup now. We'll we'll give yeah. you a new trophy. I'm just saying. In the last say ten years, I've gone from completely not getting these tournaments whatsoever in European soccer to now understanding that you need something beyond the regular season. Of course, in their case, there is no playoffs, mm-hmm. and a lot of teams start the year and know we have no hope on God's green earth to win this league. We are simply trying to finish say, top six to get into Europe. And it's effectively creating new content without actually adding new content. And the Leafs and Canucks might actually win something of significance. And then suddenly, Blake, or uh, Grady, one of those two Leaf-Canuck games now counts as a a Canada Cup game, right? So Go, go look at the Allen Cup. Gorgeous trophy. We're doing this! Some price from Wall Center and a presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. Applewood Auto Group is proud to be a leader in community giving. Applewood's mission is to make things better for our communities and the people we work with every day. Whether providing resources for education kids or sponsoring local events, Applewood Auto Group stands behind its mission of creating lasting change in our community. Get the best in class experience. Only the Applewood Auto Group can deliver. Bodog poll question today asking you who needs a stronger season? Nils Hoaglander, Vasily Podkolzin. You can vote at Sikharison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. And Bodog, line of the day for me, Blake, the Scottish Open from the Renaissance Club, where Xander Shoffley is your defending champion in this open tune-up. Kurt Kitayama finished second last year. He's 80 to 1 to win the thing. He's had a good year. And Tom Kim finished third last year. He's 55 to 1 to win on your Bodog line of the day. Our next guest helped run one of the National Hockey League's best power plays for the last few seasons with the Vancouver Canucks. He is on his way to Minnesota to serve as an assistant coach with the Wild. It's our pleasure to welcome back former Canuck and former Canucks coach, Mr. Jason King. To secure some price. Hi, Coach. How you doing? Great. I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. How you guys doing? You're more Good. than welcome. Uh, congratulations on the appointment in Minnesota. How did all of that come about? Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, we're we're excited. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know what, it, it's never easy. Um, you know, when you know you're you're not going to come back to the team that you've been with for a long time and that you've loved to coach. Um, but you know what, you, you kind of go through the process. You always want things to kind of work out quicker than they normally do, but you got to be patient. You know, you got to make sure your network, make sure you're, you know, you're, you're getting your name out there as much as you can. And, um, yeah, it's never an easy process, like I said, but you know what, fortunate that, um, things went well in a lot of conversations I had and, um, many right from the get go, it's, it just, you know, it happened quick, but it was, it seemed like a, a great, great, uh, fit for me and my family and the situation that they're in. And, um, for me to be able to stay at the NHL level, it's, uh, you know, I'm pretty fortunate, you know, it's not that many jobs out there and you know what, for me, I'm very grateful, um, for them to give me that opportunity there. And I'm excited to join that group. Jason, in absence of being a perennial all-star and hall of famer, um, just grinding out an NHL career as a player and as a coach over multiple head coaches in Vancouver and now multiple organizations. I mean, you're kind of living the dream. I mean, not many people get to make a life's 
living off of the sport of professional hockey and you're, you're doing it. Oh, 100%. They like, you know, like so fortunate, you know, like so many guys play the game and I was very fortunate as well to be able to make it to the NHL level. You always want your career to, to last as long as it possibly can, but to, to, you know, to finish playing pro and to get into coaching right away and, and to get back into the minors, kind of where it all started for me and then kind of progress to the NHL level. You know, I was, I was, thought in the back of my head and wanted in the back of my head that I would continue on in, in this path and in, in hockey. And, um, yeah, you know what, it's, there's a, there's a lot of challenges that come to it, but you know what, love every bit of it. You know, the people that you meet along the way, um, you know what, in, in the organizations and every organization that you go to, the goals, you know, what are to succeed, succeed and win. And you know what, that's, that's kind of what drives all of us as players and coaches. And, um, you know, and I've, I've spent a long time in the Vancouver organization and, and met some great people along the way that have, have truly helped my career, my family and, and everything that goes with that. So um, sad to see us move on from here, but um, very grateful for everything this organization has done for us. We were saying, Jason, you served under three different head coaches. Uh, that in and itself is an achievement. What was your Call ra- Ripley's. Somebody set a record. How were you able to survive during such a tumultuous time? Here with the Canucks. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's it definitely presented its challenges. Um, but you know what? In saying that, I look back at it now, and I was again very lucky to be able to coach or be able to coach under some great coaches and learn some some great things. Obviously, with with Travis Bruce, Bruce and, and and talk like they're you know what their the resumes and their reputation speak for themselves, and it's um, things that I think are only going to help me in 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 my career moving forward. And, um, but you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie that there was definitely some roller coasters of, of emotions and everything the last few years as, as expected, but you know what, you got to try and take the pause of everything. You got to try and take, you know, the things that you learn, put them in your back pocket and hopefully you can use those again to your, uh, to your advantage down the road. Um, but you know what, I, as, as for all of us in the coaching world, especially at the angel level, you have, you have a shelf life, you know, that's, that's a tough part of the gig that we're in. You know, you try and extend that shelf life as long as you possibly can do the best that you possibly can. But, um, yeah, going through three coaches and a management change, um, you know, try and do your best, but I guess it's only so long you can hide under the desk before they find you maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jason, this, um, you were responsible for this power play. It finished 11th, 9th, and 11th in the league uh, under your stewardship. Quite simply, what was the secret for the success? Why were you guys so good on the power play the last Because everybody's got good players. Yeah. And, like, you guys have your good players, but why, why did the Canucks have the success? Uh, you know what? Vancouver definitely has some elite players and some elite skill there. Um the big thing for me with, with our group we had here was, you know, what trying to make sure that they gel together and everybody's on the same page and everybody's pulling on the same rope. And to me, that starts with building the foundation early and building relationships. Like structurally, I think it's so important to build your foundation um, so that guys know that there's no second guess and everything's second nature. Um, but then the next part of that is making sure, again, everybody's actually understanding the value of what another player brings to the other and how that person can help another person, whether it be the team win individually, whatever that might be. Um, but in saying that, you know what, there's a lot of high end talent there. And, and I think also like gaining feedback from guys, like those guys are so skilled, no matter what team you're on, like you mentioned, um, it's important to see their ideas, hear their ideas, give them your thoughts and your ideas. Um, and power plays are, there's so many ebbs and flows throughout the season, but trying to keep them even keeled and consistent as much as possible as well. So, 
communication's huge. Like it is, it's huge. And guys want it. Guys want to see, they want to hear positive feedback, but you know what? The days of just going out there and, and running standard plays have kind of passed us. Penalty kills have changed as well. Now in the last couple of years, especially a lot of teams switch into a diamond penalty kill or what I call a diamond penalty kill. So it's giving guys ideas, giving guys concepts. They get excited by that. And, you know, we were lucky. We had we had a group that executed well, and we had some high-end talent there. But it, they were fun to coach. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Learned so much from all those guys uh, and appreciate the opportunity that they gave me to be able to work with them. Who brought the most ideas to the table amongst your players? Millsy was very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. You know what? I, I you know I love coaching all the guys. Um, I, I really enjoyed coaching Millsy. Um, you know what? He he challenged you in a great way to come up with different concepts, different ideas. I would toss a lot of ideas at him, and he would do the same at me. Uh, and that's fun. You know that's that's the fun part of the game on the coaching side of it. That you you, you want to actually have to challenge guys and be challenged yourself. So. Um, he was great and he's a dynamic power plane, you know, with, with Quinn and, and Petey, you know what, those are, you know, obviously we know they're how talented and high, high end skill that they are. Um, and doing the same with those guys, you know what, no, nothing really changes there. So, um, we had, we had a great group. We had a really great group and obviously, you know, whoever's going to take that over here has a, has a great personnel to work with and great personalities to work with. Um, and they're going to have a strong power play here for years to come, no doubt. Things in life are, are cyclical. It seems impossible. I can't really see a reason why we would do this, but would the NHL ever go back to a two-point man power play? Do you ever see a world where there's two defensemen back there again? I It's quite possible, and it's you know it kind of varies on personnel. I mean, you know, if guys are high-end skilled enough to be able to do that on the back end, which teams do have now. But uh, like I mentioned, with the diamond type of penalty kill, um, you know, your standard one-three-one setup has changed completely. So um, in that way, it actually kind of it actually kind of orients more now. Where maybe you can use two guys on the back end if if that skill level or or the the shots allow that. Mm So I think it could happen. Um, again, I think everything's always evolving. So we'll see. I, I think it's going to be very interesting in the next couple of years how power plays and PKs actually, um, how they kind of interact with each other because I think it's changed so much definitely in the last two years. And are, are, are you on the power play in Minnesota? Have they confirmed to you what do you what they want you to do? Yep, yep, yeah. I'll be running the power play there. Um, but they're a very all-inclusive group, and everybody has feedback. Everybody mm-hmm. actually has their input. Um, they want me to have as much feed, feedback and input on the PK, and, and which is great. You know, that's awesome. You're not just completely solely responsible for, for one area. Like, it is ultimately, I guess, at the end of the day, it is, it is your area of focus. But, um, you know, everybody has their say, which is awesome, because sometimes through the season, as we all know, it's a long year, and you know what? Sometimes you do get stale, and sometimes you get caught in, in in your ways. That you know, it's it's okay to have different ideas or different thoughts. And um, but yeah, it's been great so far. And actually, I, I like that concept that they, that they roll with in mini. That's a fun new toy, Kirill Kaprizov. By the way, you you get to, uh, to play with a pretty good uh, toy there on the power play. He's uh, he is fun to watch. I'm excited to actually get in there and chat with him and and actually throw some ideas at him because he is dynamic. And you know what? No different than what we had in Vancouver here. Mm-hmm. There's some some dynamic pieces there as well that they've had a great power play for the last number of years, actually. So for me to walk in there, there's not a whole lot that you need to change, bring some different concepts and ideas, and hopefully the guys run with them. But definitely with uh, with Kaprizov, he's he's high end and um, he loves to score goals. So that's, I'm excited to get there. I'm going to ask the opposite question to my colleague here, Coach. Forgive me, but... Are we going to see five forwards on a power play? Yeah, that's well, a standard. Well, that's a good. Uh, I like that one better. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? 
I, yeah, I, I think you can definitely see that. I think there's actually, it happens probably more often than, than we think it does, actually. Mm-hmm. You know what? Because most teams like, are, are heavily front-loaded skill-wise up front. So, um, you know, if you don't have a guy on the back end that actually has, that can complement that, that skill level and a guy can fill that position, you know what? A hundred percent. You know, with the tough part with having five guys is the responsibility factor, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the last thing you want to be doing on a power play is giving up shorthanded goals. So, you know, that's something that definitely needs to be instilled there. But a hundred percent, I'm, I'm, I'm actually from my side, but I'd be completely okay with that if you have the personnel to do so. Mm. Does Eric Carlson count as a defenseman on the power play? I mean, that, that's <laughs> right. effectively five yeah. forwards. There's isn't a it? number of, of new age defensemen. Yeah. I think you could say that about. <laughs> hey, Jason, help satisfy our curiosity. Elias and that big one-timer. I think it's two years in a row now he's been amongst the league leaders in hitting the post. Do you have a theory on why he hits the post so often on that big power play one-timer? Well, I, I think for, for Petey, he actually – not many guys with their one-timer can be so accurate with their one-timer. Guys just trying to get it on net. Mm-hmm. For Petey, he's so skilled and his shot is so good. I think he has the ability to aim his one-timer more so than other guys. He's trying to pick corners. So – um, you know what, That's it's unfortunate that they didn't go in as much as they probably should have from a post standpoint, but I think that's probably the reason why, because his shot is so dynamic and he actually has the ability to pick corners with the one-timer. You know, and, and you know, sometimes it's just it's just bad luck. But you know, that's that's kind of my theory on that though. Who's the who's the best uh Bull Horvat substitute in the bumper spot, do you think? Oh uh it's a tough one. It's, it's from a power play standpoint. It's always about how the hands match up, and you know, with Bo being a lefty inside, with kind of the setup that we had from a threat standpoint, um, you know, what Bovillier stepped in there and did a good job for us. You know what? And I think there's also, again, with power plays or PKs adapting, there's also a poten- potential of putting a right hand shot inside, and whether that's best or Kuzmenko, wherever that might be, and maybe you can run more options off of off of PD side. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tough, you know. It's it's a guy like Bo. It, it's really hard to replace, you know, that that shot, that skill set. Um, you know, work with Bo a lot in the last couple of years and kind of you know fine tuning that position because that position to me is one of the most important on the power play. People don't think so, but I really feel it is. It's at the end of the day, you want your chances coming from the interior of the ice, and that's the guy that's on the interior of the ice. So I think Bo, before he got traded, he had. I don't know if it was 11 or 12 goals to that point in the season on the power play, which is which is pretty impressive, right? So it's it's tough when you lose that, but you know, I you know I think Van definitely has some personnel that might be able to step in there and obviously fill that void. Though we've been talking about uh, Pedersen's offensive capabilities, uh, he's he's on the he's on the map at least for Selkie uh, award voting now. Um, do you think he's already there? Do you think that's just a reputational thing that he just needs to earn his way up those rankings now? Um, do you think that he he needs another year to fine tune his defensive play as well? Yeah, I, I think he's very close. You're you're, you're right. You know what? You gotta you kind of have to build your reputation for a little bit of time before it kind of really starts to sink in through the league. But um, Petey's two hundred foot game has has come a long way in the last two years. And you know you look at him. You know he's out there in all situations, all times, like any time of the game, defensively, obviously offensively. But uh, he's right there. He, I think he's taken his game to a different level in the last couple of years in that aspect. And um, again, you know he has another strong year on the defensive side of the puck. I think he's definitely going to be in that mix. We've been talking a little this week about Pud Colson and Hoaglander, the young wingers there from that 2019 draft. Jason, do you think either of them have power play potential? And what do you think it's going to take for them to take that next step in the NHL? For sure they do. 100% they do. And you know what? Sometimes I, I also 
feel that those guys have so much value on the second power play unit to kind of build, um, I guess, comfort, um, confidence, whatever that might be, to be able to actually make that step to the first unit. You know, we keep talking about how highly talented, you know, power plays are now. And you look at the personnel that Vancouver has, it's, it's hard to bump guys off for that first group. But I think the value that those younger guys can bring to a second group, um, you know, you're not going to get the touches and minutes, obviously, the first group's going to get. But the, the skill set is there, um, you know, especially with pods. You know, I was able to work with pods quite a bit, um, you know, before he went down. But um, he has the tenacity, he has the heart. You know, he has he has everything that you want, um, especially you're being hungry around the net and stuff. And but they have, you know, what Van has a lot of a lot of skill, um, you know, even beyond those guys. But you want those young guys to be able to actually work their way into those situations because at, ultimately, at the end of the day, you're going to have injuries. Um, you're going to have whatever it might be, and guys need to fill in the position. So you want to definitely want to get them acclimated to the group. We were talking before we hit record here. The King family has made Vancouver home through the summers here. Will we be losing you, Jason, to Minnesota, or is the King family going to stay here in beautiful British Columbia? It's a good, it's a good investment. Don't sell the house. Don't sell the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, our, our plan is to move there. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've – I can't tell you how much we've enjoyed our time here, the, the, the province, the people, the organization, it's been phenomenal. And, um, you know, it's actually, I think 11 years that I've been with the organization from playing to the minors to now being here. Um, my wife, Jen and I, we say all the time that, you know what, if, if you're living in Canada, you know, the province of BC and the city of Vancouver is, is hands down the place to be. So, uh, like we had mentioned, you know, my boys are big into mountain biking, they're big into everything outdoors, and what this province has to offer, uh, it's second to none. So um, the plan is to move to, to, to Mini and get the group, they all get the whole clan there, but um, but I can tell you we, we definitely want to come back and visit because we, we really enjoyed it. Uh, Lake Country can be beautiful too, yeah. just bring your mosquito repellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before you go, I mean... Walk down memory lane, and, and it must be must have been really fun here in your last couple of years to see the Sedin twins ar- around because I, I think everybody here will say, you know, that was the most memorable stretch of your career. I don't know if it was for you. I'm sure it was uh, uh, up there to play with the twins and have some modicum of success there. Um, I mean, uh, did you ever reminisce with the twins about your time uh, post-playing career, about that magical stretch of time where you were potting goals with them? We, yeah, we did for sure. Yeah. Um, and what I can say with those guys, they are phenomenal human beings. As much as, you know, as great a hockey players or obviously Hall of Famers, but um, they're, they're, they are just great people. And, you know what, for me to be able to get back and, and you know, to be able to coach with them on the, on the different side of it, their thoughts, their ideas, their mindset, their work ethic, um, I think it's, a, it's an amazing hire, you know, to bring them back on staff because, you know, the – um, what they can provide to a group is pretty impressive. So um, I've, I've actually really enjoyed it. We joke around quite a bit, talk about the mattress line back in the day. And you know what? I'd be on the power play and at net front, just close my eyes, put my stick on the ice, and the boys would find it. So they're they're um, impressive players. But honestly, you know what? In, in saying that again, it's it's more the character of the, of the individuals themselves and their families. Um, yeah, you know, the organization is very lucky to actually have them. You're selling yourself short, Coach. Yes, Back are, in that yeah. era, uh, they used to beat on guys in front of the net with impunity, so yeah. you took a lot of punishment there. 
to convert those power play opportunities. Um, well, Jason, we'll see you up at Crankworts with the two boys in Whistler. Uh, you've always been fantastic with fans and media here in Vancouver across BC. Thank you for that, sir, and we wish you nothing but success in Minnesota. I appreciate it, guys. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here. The organization's been great. You know what? All the coaches I work with, Patrick, Jim, you know what? There's it's, uh, it's tough. You never want to leave. Um, but you know what? There's no hard feelings. You know what? They, they helped me actually to my path, even getting to mini and stuff. So um, nothing but great memories. Great, great. You know what? You know, a time, different chapter in life. But uh, I want to thank everybody, fans especially, um, for our time here. Great to hear. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, plenty to unpack there, Blake. And look, I, I think there were some very interesting comments there with regards to JT Miller and Elias Pettersson as well as Vasily Pudkolson and Nils Hoaglander, but I'm just going to focus on Bavillier for a second. You know, in the bumper spot, the Horvat spot, you know, if that's what the ex-power play coach thinks right now, I suspect that will be the way they go about lining it up. And that means there's a lot of pressure on Anthony Bovillier because Bo Horvat was exceptional in that bumper spot for several years now, but particularly the first half of last year before the trade, whereas, you know, King mentioned I was 11, 12 goals, something like that. Yeah, Bovillier was so good when he was first acquired, but he then fell off a cliff and was nowhere to be found. So he he needs to find some consistency in his game, and and that's the easiest place. And you know, it's not easy, but it is the easiest place to convert and to jump on the score sheet. Is 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 on a power play that's good, and but they've got three options, right? They've they've got three options. It's Besser, Kuzmenko, and Bovillier, most notably, mm-hmm. for three guys, two spots. Um, there's going to be some competitiveness yeah. down down the middle there. Wasn't surprised in the least when he said JT Miller is the guy who came to him with the most ideas. And quite frankly, that is some of the value that JT Miller brings to your hockey club. He's a cerebral offensive player. And as King said, he's going to challenge you as a player. You need some of those guys on your team. And, uh, you know, to hear King describe it, you know, it sounded to me like it was all, like Nirvana for a head coach or for a coach because you want to feel like you're collaborating with the players. It shouldn't be teacher pupil. It should be a collaboration at this level. And there was a lot of praise there for JT. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the Canucks are going to try to address the fact that it's been regarded as a quiet room. Um, but this is constructive Millsy noise, if you will. Like, you know, JT Miller can be Absolutely. deconstructive noisy at yep. times. Yep. Get rid of that JT. More of this. I mean, oh, absolutely. Sure. When you're when you're you know, giving constructive criticism to the group and trying to find mm-hmm. solutions to on ice problems, that's the kind of noise that you want out of JT Miller. More um confirmation of Elias Pettersson's genius that he is actually aiming those one timers and that's why Which, he's, yeah. he's small margins trying to fit it in holes. Uh, that the goaltender presents from that one-timer spot on the power play. And look, an endorsement for the two young wingers we've been talking about this week in Vasily at Pod Colson and Niels Hoaglander and their potential to be power play contributors at some point. I love what he said about, you know, that second unit, get, get, get your feet wet, get comfortable in this role. Yeah, it's... Uh... You know, you've got to you've got to find a way to to make it work for um, the betterment of the team, and and you've got to feel natural in that position. And and uh, I think we're going to see that.
Harrison Price from Wall Center, presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. Hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter, are brought to you by Jason Hominick of Jason Don Mortgage. Uh, they did it. They freaking bumped the rates up <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, it, these are crazy times, folks. You need an expert to help you through your next mortgage renewal or if you're buying your next new home. Talk to Jason Hominick at jason.mortgage. Make sure you lock in your rate now. If it goes down, no problem. You renew immediately. Mm. If it goes up, you're at least locked in for up to 120 days. So do yourself a favor now. Jason.mortgage. I'm going to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game with the Seattle Times' Larry Stone. That's Stone Larry. You see this last night? Ninth inning. American League up to bat. Fans boo Houston's Kyle Tucker, even though he needs to get on base for Julio Rodriguez to have a chance to win. They booed everything Houston all weekend, including at the at the draft. That stank is going to be really hard to outrun for Houston. <laughs> Especially in this division, because the Astros kind of have their number. Yeah, that's true. And they booed the poor kids getting drafted by the Astros this weekend. <laughs> Uh, well, then Julio stepped to the plate. No heroics for Julio Rodriguez, but no strikeout either. After falling behind 1-2, he walks on a 3-2 pitch. Tying run is on second. Go-ahead run on first. Jose Ramirez coming up. He struck out, but Blake, do you know how they would have decided the game? How Had it ended 3-3 after nine innings? Is that real? That Bob Nightingale tweet is real? Home run derby. That's confirmed. Three players. I read that. I didn't believe it. Well, you may remember they've had an issue with the tie game yes. at the All-Star all the way back when Bud Selig declared it a tie and the fans booed. Three players, three swings. Highest home run total, winner of the game. Who pitches? Good question. I don't know. I'm going to put that in E's and O's, but I imagine it would be someone self-pitched on the coaching staff. Yes. Yeah. The bullpen catcher, or something like that. But for I, I, all I, I didn't know, they could, they, they could have had the guys who pitched to some of these guys in the home run derby come out and do it. They should just do a robot, like do a pitching machine, just make it consistent. <laughs> home run a, derby, a race around the base paths, little league style. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't believe that. Honestly, I read, That's I read the, the last next tiebreaker, Grady. If they're tied after the home run derby. I, I see it like I, after, mm-hmm. I Bob Nightingale tweeted it out, and then I looked at the comments underneath because I didn't believe it was real, and, and most people didn't. Most people were like they should totally do that. <laughs> like I, so I just disregarded it. Really, mm-hmm. there was and, a uh, uh, video the other day circulating a, a bunt derby. I think it was in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw they that had too. targets on the three years. Yeah, boy, Major League Baseball player today can't even get down a bunt, let no. alone put a bunt down the third baseline or directional bunting. Come on. Speaking of, Relic. Un- speaking of unbelievable at the hockey news, the NHL kept its distance from the NFT market, but that's about to change. With the launch of two new series of digital collectibles backed by the league. What year is it, Matt? Is it 2018? NFTs? When's the last time you heard about NFTs? Yeah. And now the NHL is jumping on the bandwagon? Like, could the NHL be more five years behind? Mm. Like, Is there a bored ape coming? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Guys, if you're going to jump on a fad, jump on it. Don't wait till it peters out and say, we're in. 
It's so NHL. The NHL announcing a rollerblades tournament yes. at the All-Star Game. Exactly. Well, they were at it again yesterday. More from Seattle. Daniel Kramer at D. Kramer underscore. All signs point to the Mariners being in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes this offseason. Tonight, their fans, in a moment that was as organic as it was surreal, made a bold pitch to baseball's biggest star. They chanted, come to Seattle. And Otani, through the interpreter, quote, I've never experienced anything like that. Although, did you see Vlad was kibitzing with him as well in the dugout? You wonder if Guerrero was yeah, trying to... No chance. Well, they were in on him originally. Remember? Well, yeah. But I think he I, does want to stay probably... Very, very surprised. West Coast. I think Seattle's got a legit chance. No, huh? I think so. I think so. As we discussed yesterday, if you're doing it this year and it's a massive trade that you have to make, probably not. The pieces it would take would yeah. be hard, in division and all that, but... Come the off season, the dynamic may change. Sure. Yeah, you'd think. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Tom Bogert uh, from the Athletic Breaking, the USL is set for a milestone vote on the adoption of promotion and relegation per sources. The plan is for three pro tiers, potential restructure in 2024, and then the promotion relegation begins in 2025. Sources are optimistic, optimistic but not certain to pass. So the USL, folks, is akin to... Uh, the Canadian Premier League in Canada. It's an alternative to the Major League Soccer, uh, a notch down. Mm-hmm. But they've become so big and kind of unruly and so widespread. They've kicked this around before, 2021. It came up once, and now it's coming up again, and they're actually going to put it to a vote. And could promotion of relegation in soccer mm. be normalized to some degree? Like, if they do it, it's not Major League Soccer, but does it normalize it to the North American audience to some degree? It may well, but it's never coming to Major League Soccer. Not with the money that's involved. I mean, like, you can't just go tell Greg Kerfoot, oh, by the way, now your team is in USL, and it's worth no, a fraction. No, not in USL. It would be MLS 1, MLS 2. Whatever. But, yeah. but you, now your team is worth a fraction of what it used to be worth. Can't, I can't see it. I mean, I, I, you're absolutely right on the on the uh, what the complaints would be. That being said, I mean, championship teams in English soccer – Still pretty big business. Soccer is pretty big business right. in England. Yeah. It's not the same business here. No. Therein lies the rub. More baseball for me, or softball as the case may be. At Softball Canada, Canada stays perfect with two wins on day two at the 2023 Canada Cup. This is going on till July 23rd out at Softball City in Surrey. What a fantastic facility that is. Canada beats Greece 7-2, Italy 7-4. Had a friend go yesterday, said how much they... Loved it. So if you're able, you got the Softball Canada Canada Cup going on. You got the Harry Jerome later this week as well. Get on out and support local sports. And that's hashtags for today. For our next guest, it's great to be talking about the BC Premier League and guys drafted uh, again. It has been too long, or at least not as prominently. As our next guest, a ninth-round pick of the Toronto Blue Jays at the Major League Baseball draft this past weekend. He's from Victoria, plays for the Victoria Eagles in the Premier League. It's our pleasure to welcome Sam Shaw to Sikharison Price. Sam, thanks for the time. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. What was it like to hear your name called by the Toronto Blue Jays? <laughs> uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even hear it, uh, to be honest. Yeah, I, was out, I was out golfing. Um, but 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 when I got the call, I was pretty excited and 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 I wanted to be a Blue Jay, so I'm I'm happy it worked out. Were they your favorite team? Yeah, 
growing up, everything. So um, even even going through this process, uh, yeah. So I, I was happy it worked out. Did, yeah. Is part of that dreaming? You know, maybe thinking you're a Vancouver Canadian at some point and playing close to home. Is that part of the dream? Yeah, that 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 would be that would be nice. I hopefully be in Vancouver in a in a couple of years and and uh, be able to. Be, let my parents be able to watch me and stuff, but yeah, that would definitely be pretty cool. Have you played any exhibition games in that Bailey Stadium before? You, no, I think no? I, I, I think I've watched like two, and then I was yeah. gonna watch the the home opener, and it got rained out this year. So yeah, I haven't, yeah, mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that would that would definitely be be pretty cool. I don't know you, you ever watched the show Psych on? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm. So there's a baseball episode. Mm. And it's it's filmed there, so yeah, that that's what I like. Yeah, I, nice. yeah, I connect that stadium. With. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, though, that Nant Bailey Field is pristine and it is very well kept. So you're more likely to rent it out for a big Hollywood production than you are to play on it as, yes, an, sure. amateur, yeah. Yeah. as an amateur baseball player. Sam, tell us about your journey through baseball. How did you get into the sport, and uh, when did it become apparent to you that hey, maybe I might be able to to do something? Uh, in this sport, well, I played everything growing up. Played played hockey, played played soccer, basketball, everything, a bit of lacrosse. Um, but but yeah, baseball really stood out to me. I played at Beacon Hill Little League here in Victoria, um, and I remember getting like moved up to to minors early. Um, sorry, I got I got a bit of a cold right now. So <laughs> That's all right. Sniffling. Um, yeah, I got. I remember getting moved up to minors early and 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 playing like some. It, it was kind of like real baseball. They're throwing the ball and you're hitting it. And it was just that. That's when I knew. I was like, this is this is what I I want to do. Um, I always thought I could be like hockey was probably my favorite before that. So I, I knew I I wanted to be a pro hockey player. Right. You, you don't really know uh, if you're if you're good enough for whatever, but you kind of just you believe you are and you go go train every day and try and get better and and it, it was the same for baseball right when was the last time you played another sport how how late did you keep that alive i played hockey this year i played house this year did you yeah. really don't get me yeah and then and then yeah i'm golfing quite a bit so um a little not as strenuous as hockey on the body but yeah um no yeah i like i, I try and keep keep playing everything but um good for you yeah i i yeah i just remember um yeah, just just growing up playing and 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 really enjoying it, and then uh, I, I always had a I always had a feeling that that I was good enough and, and athletic enough to to be able to play, and it was just going to be hard work, and 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 I'm I'm happy it went somewhere. What's the communication been like so far from the Blue Jays organization? Have they laid out anything? Yeah, the the Canadian scout Pat Pat Griffin has been been reaching out to me, so I've I've. Uh, I've talked to him a bit, but but nothing nothing crazy. I don't know when I'm reporting or anything. So, mm-hmm. um, so so you are gonna sign then, yeah, Sam? Because yeah. I know I know you got a Xavier University commitment. Yeah, I got, I gotta talk. I new- gotta talk with with uh, Billy. But but this is this is definitely my dream, and I'm 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 thankful for everything that uh, Xavier's done for me. But this is this is definitely my dream. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm 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 gonna pursue that. Atta boy. Uh, well, speaking of pursuing it, a big step this year. You uh, moved in. He was very proud to say to us before we started recording, no, I graduated from Lambert <laughs> Park Secondary. I kept a yeah, Canadian yeah. on the school file, but you moved to a, uh, a prep school, TNXL, 
Academy in Florida. A big move, long ways away. Take us through that. So yeah, TNXL. Uh, it was definitely, definitely. It, it was, it was a little bit of a difficult decision. Um, I still had classes to take at Lambrick, um, but um, I just, I knew, knew to get seen, uh, or, or, and my advisor uh, told me to, to, to get seen. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's what you should do. Um, so, so I, I went down there and. I played all right. I didn't play great, and but but it all worked out. And then I had workouts, and um, yeah, I was thankful for 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 having that opportunity to play down there. It was definitely different living on your own, cooking and cleaning and doing everything. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was an enjoyable experience, and and it, yeah, it helped me it helped me out. In the uh, Orlando area, uh, TNXL Academy, it's produced a yeah, number. A Coe, yeah, the Coe block. Yeah. Uh, it's produced yeah. a number uh, of Major League Baseball draft picks. Uh, I see you're listed as a shortstop. What do you think in pro ball? You, yeah. you think you can stick at shortstop, or are you open to other moves? Have they talked to you about other uh, a positional move at all? Um, not not, not just yet, but uh, yeah. Uh, Obviously, there aren't too many people that see me as a shortstop, um, but I, I'm, I'm going to try and stay there as long as I can. And yeah, I, I do think I could be pretty good there. Uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely nowhere near as as good of a shortstop as I, I'm, I'm going to be. I'm, I'm not like an Ellie Dela Cruz or a O'Neill Cruz or somebody like that. But uh, yeah, there's de- there's definitely a possibility I stick there. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't bet on it, but. But I'm I'm gonna try my best to to, to stick there and and I, I play a lot in the outfield um, so I could see that happening and then then second base is obviously the the one that I feel like most people see me playing. Yeah, well, per, positional versatility never hurts uh, on your way up to the big leagues. Um, Sam, congratulations again, buddy. Uh, like I said, uh, it has been um, when Blake and I first started doing the show. We used to have you know BC Premier League mm-hmm. draft picks every year, an abundance yeah. of them. So it's great to see the BC Premier League represented back in the top ten rounds of the Major League Baseball draft. We wish you all the best, young man, and look forward to seeing you play at Nat Bailey here, yeah, as you say, you. in a couple of years. Thank you. All right, have a good one, guys. Be well. Harrison Price from Wall Center, presentation Applewood Auto Group. You can text us, 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips? It's going to be right. Errors and omissions from yesterday's program, and I'm bracing for a dispute here. Oh, boy. Here we go. We interview, uh, or it's from today's program, my mistake. We interview Sam Shaw, Toronto Blue Jays draft pick. Yeah. Blake Price wearing a Seattle Mariners hat. Well, very, very subtly a Mariners hat, though. No one would be able to deduce it. It was still a Mariners hat. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not even a Mariners fan. You're, you're a Jays pandering fan. to basketball, Phil. What are you doing? I thought you were Blue Jays loyal. It is Jays in Seattle in a couple of weekends, Blake. Whose side are you on? Somebody asked me the other day, you know, what teams I'm fans of. And I was like, alas, the business has sort of beaten a lot of the club fandom out of me. I'm Mm -hmm. more a national team fan now because I can unabashedly cheer for that. Your Jets moved to Arizona way back when, so. Not my Jets. Um, Mm -hmm. 
New Jets, not his Jets. And I, the one thing I conceded was I used to be a diehard Jays fan. Mm-hmm. It's slipping. Ooh. Like why they don't? I, I don't know. They just don't move me. Wait till the, they the, get back to the playoffs. You were very into the play. I, that was a long year. time ago. Yeah. Well. No, but no, but this team has made the playoffs. This core well, team has made the playoffs. Last year, yeah, it was a spectacular <laughs> flame out against those Seattle. But the heartstrings were not plucked. Like I, honestly, mm-hmm. I just they don't move me. They don't. Hmm. Yeah. We got to get you back down to T-Mobile. A few brewskis in you, surrounded by twenty-five thousand of your compatriots. The largest some garlic uh, fries. single day gathering of Canadians outside our borders each and every year. Yeah. Eat some of those crickets they sell. Do they still yeah. sell those? I, I've had those yeah. crickets. Oh, yeah. good protein. Yeah. Good protein. Renewable. Anything else there? Nothing that I can remember. No. Grady. No. Nah, nah. Okay. Bodog line of the daytime with Blake Price. The Lapsed Blue Jays fan, Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. Who do you like? What you got? Until the Elks win, they will get none of my attention. No. Uh, Ticats minus two and a half. I'm I'm taking spread because Mm -hmm. I just don't think you need it. I like it's it's a comfortable Ticat victory on the road, but still minus two and a half for the Ticats at minus one. Edmonton doesn't win at home anymore. No. To think that Commonwealth would be an easy place for the visitors to go get. A W. It's not a fortress anymore. Now no, it's the no. museum of a former <laughs> f- fortress. Everybody's allowed in. That's right. Yes. <laughs> it's like the Tower of London. Yeah. It used to be a very dark place where very awful things happened yeah. to visitors. Not anymore. Thanks for listening. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to su- subscribe to us and Rinkwide wherever you get your podcast. Plus, follow us on Twitter, Insta, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. And threads. And please do support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.